Hi, welcome. This is Dr. John Martini. This is one of the most amazing and inspiring shows that you can listen into. If you want to be on the edge of your seats, if you want to open up your heart, if you want to expand your mind, and you want to meet incredible people, stay tuned because you're just about to experience a transformative radio show that will change your life. And you're listening to the Dr. Pat Show is coming up right next. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. Powerful, inspiring, and coming to you live, bringing you stories of people like you and me, busting through and living life full out. Get ready to dare to wonder what your life would be like if you knew you could not fail. Hey, everybody, welcome. We got a great lineup for you today, and we're going to kick it off right now. Mary Rose Campbell joining me here today, and we have got Cheryl Girl joining me here today. Yeah, so when I think about Cheryl Girl and when I think about what that means, and you're going to hear who she is, we are taking on a topic that is so important, how to bounce back when times are tough, how to bounce back, period, right? You're either going to be like one of these bouncy balls, and you're going to bounce back, or you're going to be like a, a load of clay, almost like that Clay-Doh stuff where you put the ball, you make a Clay-Doh thing and you throw it. It's like, boom, there it is, stuck, heavy. But that's not us. That's not today. We are excited about a couple of things that are going on. And for those of you out there, you heard me talk about this show with Mary Rose before and what she's creating. What does it mean? What is that resilient women? What does that mean? resilient women. Uh, and this is what the show is about today. We've got a lot to cover. Let's talk about this, Mary. How, from your perspective, this is part two, but you've got somebody really cool to introduce, right? <laughs> I do. I do. Short Girl is going to be the MC for our fabulous event. It's on December the 5th from noon to four Eastern time. And, um, and so we, and we're going to talk about resilience and we're going to talk about, we're going to give you tools and we're going to have we have inspirational speakers that you'll have an opportunity to see uh some of whom who have have gone to the to the edge of death and have come back so um Cheryl girl is our mc for that and i'm going to let her uh share a little bit about her and her participation and about some of our speakers so you know what mc stands for right mc you know what that stands for I'm not sure that I know your definition, Mistress Ma of Ceremonies. Yeah. No, Magnificent Churl. Yes. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> Dr. Pat, I love it. Um, I'm really excited about the conference December 5th. I want everyone to come. Let me tell you what, with this pandemic, life has been crazy. And you know, when you're a woman, you're trying to take, up, take care of your job you're trying to take care of your kids, you're trying to take care of your family. It is really a lot. Anyway, and then when you throw the pandemic on top of it, people have been going crazy. And we're in situations that we have never faced before. Faced before. Now, for me personally, um, when I look at the word resilience, it's about can I bounce back? And my answer is, yes, I can, and so can you. And the reason we wanna get all the women together is so that all the women will know that they are not alone and that we can form a support team and we can help each other. I got laid off from my job 30 years of doing radio uh, in the Charlotte area in North Carolina. And they actually laid me off on my birthday due to COVID. But you know, I can't even be mad because there have been millions of people across the country who've been laid off. But now we're at that point of what will we do next? 
How will we take care of ourselves? And at the Women's Conference, that's what we're going to do is give you some tools to get your fight back. Because you can either just fall down or you can fight. And Dr. Pat and Mary, I choose to fight. Yeah, I'm right, I'm right there with you. Best thing that ever happened to me was getting fired from a job 25 and a half years. And you know what? I knew, I knew it was painful, 24 and a half years. I knew it. But I didn't know about what you're about to talk about, what happens when you bounce back, what happens when your plate is clear that you could show up as the most juiciest, resilient aspect of yourself imaginable, right? Well, I agree. I think that that's what a lot of us miss. When something tragic hits us and you, you do have that empty plate in front of you, you can either look at that plate like there's never ever going to be anything, anything else on it. And oh my God, I miss what was there. Or like you said, you can be of the frame of mind, like what am I going to put on it next? How will I reinvent myself? You know, because the world will tell you no. Oh, you're too, you're too young. You're too old. You can't do this. But honey, we all got new empty plates in front of us and you can put on it whatever you want to. And I say, put some fight on it. Put some what, spirit in it. Put some life on it. That's what I'm saying. So look at, <laughs> here's the thing for us, right? Uh-huh. You and I are in a profession. I'm a network owner. And anybody you talk to about that profession being a talk radio host or radio host or any kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And you're a, you're a woman. Oh. <laughs> you, you, you are like not in the majority here. Wait, let's add black woman to it. Let's, yeah, let's it add that. Let's <laughs> add that. I, I'm, I'm, I'm a little mixed. So, you know, my folks are like Brazil and whatnot. So that was, that's kind mm-hmm. of still like, I don't even know what to call myself, but I'm telling you what, Beautiful. it doesn't matter. <laughs> right. <laughs> I, but th- think about us. You know, somebody looked at me on an airplane. They said, what do you do? And I said, da-da-da-da-da, and I own a positive talk radio network. They said, no, you don't. I'm, they, I said, what? what? And they said, yeah, isn't broadcasting, that's, that's a male-dominated. But let's not go into that because here's the thing, right? It doesn't matter what the stereotypes of things say, but I can only imagine what your journey's like. Let's talk about this. You know, what, what is it about Bounce Back? that is so important, bounce back, fall apart. But what are the first things that you learn? What are some of the things that when you look back and you hear your boss like firing you, mm-hmm. p- past the, the rage in the moment of that, Yeah, no, come on. Like my boss was ripping my badge off my neck. But oh, past that moment, what did you learn to say, uh, uh, no, 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 that didn't just happen. You're not going to ruin my life. Well, first of all, the most important thing is that a job does not define you. You define who you are and you define what's going to be in your future. Now, just because one person says no to you doesn't mean that the world shuts down. The most important thing anyone has to remember, whether you are losing a job or you have um what you're facing, a health health crisis, you've got to have that internal voice, that fortitude to say yes to yourself. Because I think in life in general, you're going to hit a lot of no's. You're going to hear a lot of them. But the most important thing is the yes that you say to yourself, the yes, I can do it again. Yes, I can be what I want to be. Yes, I can do it when I want to. And if if you've done the work leading up to that, then you have something to fall back on. And I think that's part of what 
with Mary's put together here for the Women's Conference, the, some of the speakers we have are going to give you tools for getting your bounce back. Is it talking um, to God? Is it taking a walk in nature? Is it helping the community? What is it? And that's the thing that I'm looking forward to. And I think all the ladies who are involved are looking forward to how to get your bounce back and, and learn how to say yes to yourself. You know, let's talk about the tightrope walk. And let me tell you what that is. Mary, maybe you can jump in for us. The tightrope walk. Here's a tightrope walk that I work with ladies, you know, and, and this is a tightrope walk. For me, I'm going to talk to you if you work with me in my program. I'm going to talk to you about faith. Uh, not always religion, but we're going to talk about what it means to be deep-seated in faith, deep-seated in belief that you can. Then we're going to talk about faith without works is dead. What that means is you can have all the faith in the world, but if you're not willing to put one foot in front of the other on behalf of yourself, we can help you. So Mary, talk about this from your perspective and, and what you ladies are really planning to elevate here for people. Thank you so much. Um, I have found my personal, um, uh, what I personally do when something hits me in the face, the first thing I remember to do and I tell all of the women that I have worked with um, the first thing you've got to remember is to breathe because what we do frequently is we hold our breath and when you hold your breath, you are denying your brain of oxygen and you can't think, you can't think about what you're going to do next. So the first thing I have, I've trained myself to do if something's going on. I'm thinking to myself, breathe. And then I take a deep breath. And then I say to myself, dear God, I need some help here. Or just, if it's not God, it's dear universe, dear whatever your God is, whatever, or whatever, not like, dear, whatever, I need some help here. And then I take another deep breath and then I open my mouth and my, my, uh, what, my, my real point of really being successful is that if nothing comes out of my mouth, I need to close it. it means I don't need to, I don't need to respond at all. Now, sometimes I say something when I force that. And when I do it, I get in trouble, but I'll take a deep breath. I'll say, dear God, I need some help here. I open my mouth. And if nothing, and if something comes out, usually it comes from inspiration. And I think, wow, who said that? Like whatever came out was not something that I was clear that came from me. It was coming from, from some other source. And now I'm thinking, okay, we'll go with that. We'll go with whatever that is, but that can only be done in the moment. Like you can only do it in the now. There's only one, one place to do that is the now. So, and what I want women to do, what I, particularly with this conference, what I want all the women to do is to be aware of the incredible well of inspiration that we have and that those wells are connected. And so no well ever goes dry because we have each other. Yeah, thank you, thank you. You know, let's talk about this for a minute. Uh, and I want to get on this, Cheryl. And one of the things I want to get on is what builds resilience. Um, you made a really good point. You know, I can't only imagine what it's like to be a black woman in the industry we're in. But you're so much more than that. I'm so much more than that. Mary's so much more than that. The people that are at the conference is so much more than that. Let's talk about what the message is that you are hoping to cultivate and pinpoint for the women that are joining the conference? I think the most important message to me that I want everybody to walk away with is let's start, well, let's start with breathing. Like Mary said, God breathe or you'll pass out. 
<laughs> let's start with gratitude because sometimes we get so focused on what's gone, what's not on the plate, what we're not doing anymore, that we just discount all the other good things. So if, if they, the ladies don't learn anything else from me, I want them to learn to say good morning to my high power. Thank you for another day. Thank you for a roof over my head. Thank you for someone returning a phone call. Thank you that I have some shoes. Thank you. You know, there's so many things that you can be thankful for. And then when you start being grateful for all that you have, it, it kind of fills your spirit. And I think it gets your energy up to hit that next battle. Cause you know, you're working with something. You know that you're, you're not lost, you're okay. You're gonna be fine. But if you have to get that, that inner strength together so you can keep fighting and you can keep being persistent and you can keep surviving and thriving. People don't understand the, the, the difference between surviving and thriving. And you just said it. Let's talk about it. Because a lot of times we can't help but think about surviving. I've been in that mode. I know what that's like. Mm -hmm. You know, some days it's like, where am I going to get some food and water, right? You know, where is that? Because that, that's part of my story. But there's an element and an energy of thriving that helps people, yes. right? It helps us rise up you know what helps us in those moments and i want to ask you both you know given your energy and what you're bringing forward here mm -hmm. and being the mc of the resilience movement <laughs> what gets you to rise up every day well i'm gonna tell you once again it goes back to gratitude but i am persistent I am persistent. I believe in if I want something, I'm going to get it, however it takes to get it. You know, I might to form a plan and then form another plan, figure out how it works. But I, the, the difference between surviving and thriving, surviving is just getting by. It's just enough. And we all want more than that. And a lot of times we don't even realize that we actually do have more than just enough to survive, but you've got to have the open heart and the open spirit to see it. And you've also got to be able to see that it's in front of you. What do you do have to do next to thrive even more? Sometimes right. thriving is not just bread and water. Thriving can be exercising. Thriving can be just stepping out to get fresh air. You know, it's, it's little things, but it can be big things. It can be cars and fancy houses too, but just still having that energy to go yeah. for it. Yeah. I want it all. I want a good life. I, I totally agree. And one of the things that I think that is so important for us too is to create, we create with word. So mm -hmm. if you create, find a couple of three words that you really like. And one of my favorite words is yippee. So if I begin, if I begin any crisis with the word yippee, I can't wait to see what fabulous is going to come out of this. I'm like, oh my God, yippee. Oh, you know, but nevertheless, if I've got that <laughs> word, people ask me, Mary, how are you today? And I'll say, I'm fabulous. And I'm thinking, okay, if I'm not fabulous, then it's my own fault. I need to go create something to be fabulous. So um, it's watching, being careful with what comes out of your mouth mm -hmm. and following through with really making sure that whatever, if you, if you answer, people ask you how you are and you say, I don't feel good today. No, you don't say that. Don't stop saying that. Watch what you say, but whatever you say, create your life. So say, yippee. I'm I agree. 
every well, let's all say yippee together and let people know, look, we're talking about something that is of a magnitude of an energy shift that we need right now. How do people register? So tell us about how people get plugged in here. And then how do people find out more about each of you? Well, it's simple. You can go to our website, which is resilientwomensconference.com. You can also follow Resilient Women on Facebook. Uh, we have all the information there. We've got an exciting lineup of speakers. We have uh, one woman who is a, um, she, how would you describe it? She's a hiking coach and she oh. takes that activity and helps you grow with it. it. You know, like whether you're trying to forgive someone or you're trying to move to a different place in your life. I know Mary's actually experienced working with her, right? Yes, yes I did. I, uh, my, my son had asked me to go on a hiking trip in Scotland with him. And I didn't want to go hiking because my feet hurt and we were going to do 57 miles over five days. And my experience was I walked around the block and thought I would die. You know, so she was fabulous. She helped me create. We, I did that trip in 2012. I wrote a book about it. And it's, uh, it's just absolutely amazing. She's an extraordinary, uh, kind of quiet spoken, but she is an amazing woman. Her name is Regina Ryder. And you will see her. She does forgiveness walks. And I think it's forgivenesswalks.com. I'm not sure exactly what her website is, but we will have it available for you. And we also have Dr. Linda Chen. She is um, a minister and so much more. She's a teacher. And she's going to talk to us about how to take our faith and let it help build our energy up, how to use that as your internal strength to move forward, you know, through many of the things that we're going through in life. So we're trying to get something for everybody. We have a life coach, Wendy Lippert. She has talked to businesses, college students, different people all over the world about how to move forward, you know, how to, to get your life in order. Um, and then we also have a, a great performance from, I think, is it Jaha? Am I saying Jaha. her name? Jaha. Jaha. Yes, and she's a poet and writer out of LA. She's writing some moving pieces that she's going to perform. That you know, it's going to be fun. It's going to create the energy. It's going to be about transformation, and I know that's what's important to you, Dr. Pat. And we want people to be able to be resilient and transform, and that's why we want them to register today for the uh, Resilient Women's Conference because we're going to have fun and we're going to grow. Yeah. One other woman that's going to be on, and her name is Molly Welch. And she, yeah. uh, as a young woman, she was involved in a horrendous uh, automobile accident. And she uh, she was texting while she was driving. And she has her own nonprofit now. And she speaks to uh, communities and groups and schools, uh, telling people how your life can change in a moment. But she has had to relearn how to brush her teeth, how to walk, how to talk, how to, how to have conversations. It's just amazing. So you will get an opportunity to hear from her personally about what about what's going on. We have some amazing women who have gone through a lot and will give you tools to be able to have an extraordinary life. And that's really what we're talking about here today. I mean, you know, how do you know whether you are living an extraordinary life? Here's the thing I want to ask you both about now, because there are people that are really having a hard time now. And then there are people that not. So one of the things I like to say to folks is, man, you don't have to be homeless like I was. You don't have to do that. You don't have to get be arrested for something you didn't do. You don't have to do that. You could have the best job on the planet. 
But what if you want something greater in life? What if you want to give back? What if you want to set something up in the world that elevates you from the inside out? See, and this is the mistake I think we make sometimes, especially, you know, for me now in looking at this human potential movement, we think you got to be down and out in Seattle or like down and out in the Bronx, like where I'm from, in order for you to want more. We don't. Isn't that part of this? Isn't that part of helping people become resilient so they can build what they want and literally change themselves and change the world? What do you think, Cheryl? Well, I absolutely agree with you. You don't have to be down and out to want more. Um, I think that you're, you're, you're blessed if you're not down and out and want more. That's a good position to start. And, and, it, and it's out there. And I think that the women we're talking about, not, not only the women on the conference, but, but the work that you're doing, Dr. Pat, gives people an opportunity to learn, yes, there is more. Yes, it can be done. But it's doing that internal work and building that internal strength that gives you the energy to move forward with it. There's yeah. something I want to add in here, too, because there have been women who have said to me, oh, well, I have an extraordinary life. I have done this, and I've done this, and I've done this, and I've done this. And I have said to them, all right, take all of that you have done. You have absolutely, and I acknowledge them. They have had, they've created extraordinary families and travel and opportunities. And I said, just hold all that for a moment and just consider that that is ordinary. So if you put that aside and think that's ordinary, what would extraordinary look like? Like now what? Now what? You're gonna sit back and say, well, I've had an extraordinary life and I'm done. So I'll sit back and drink coffee and play checkers or something. Or do you want to recreate something, right? So um, it's just that opportunity to say that we are ongoingly creating our lives and we can do that uh, until we die. So we just, you know, that's what there is to do. I mean, I'm not planning on kicking the bucket anytime soon. And there are a lot of other of us who are not either. Yeah. You know what I love about this? Let me ask you this question. You know, once upon a time, I was really, really really depressed. Actually, a bunch of times in my life, I was really depressed, you know. And I remember somebody saying, my, my mentor said to me, Sedonia Cahill said to me, here, here, borrow my faith, borrow my faith in you, borrow my faith, right? And what she was saying is, if you can't hold it for yourself, let me hold it for you. And see, that's part of what this is about, this conference. You know, if you're listening to this and you're thinking to yourself, where am I going to get the support from? You know, whose shoulders am I going to be able to lean on? That's what bringing women together in this conference, right? Resilientwomensconference.com. That's also what this is about. Because we women, when I tell you what, when we get something that we need to do, we are doing it. It, there's nothing stronger that I could see when women come together under a united front to help each other. I don't know. What do you two think? No, oh, I absolutely agree. If you want to get something done, get a bunch of women. We'll get it done. We're not playing. You want to yeah. talk about it, get some men. But if you want to get it done. <laughs> no, it's true. <laughs> I, it's true because I, I, I went through the AIDS. You talk about another epidemic. I went through the AIDS epidemic. And, you know, when I think about the what happened to make a shift in that and really put the pressure on Mayor Koch, it was the women in the group, the lesbian population and more that just showed up and said, no, 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 you don't, no, no. And look, 
Now we're here to help each other. See, this is the thing that we, I think, are learning as women, learning the power of the source to help each other understand, one, you're in a pothole, two, you have the resilience to get out, right? Yes. Yeah. I think we're also having to teach this next generation. It used to be, when I grew up, my, gra I my grandmother lived five minutes from my mom and dad. My great-grandmother lived beside her. My great-aunt beside her. Our whole neighborhood was family. So we had the whole community there. That's not how the world is anymore. You People don't know their neighbor's name. No. And so now here we are locked down in these, these homes, but through a conference and through show, shows like yours, we can reach out, we can rebuild that network. And I think it takes the women to do it, at least to start it. So I think that that's, that's part of what we're doing. You know, I, I, I need my grandma, I need my sisters, I need my aunties, because there is power and strength. And that strength can hold you up when you're going through something. Totally love it. I live in the Seattle area, but I'm from New York and New Jersey. So I came to my neighborhood before the pandemic, let's just call it the big P. And I said, <laughs> let's have a block party. Because that's what we did in the city. We had like a block party. And like, you know, in the summer, people come out, you make food, you get to learn each other's culture, whatever that is. They looked at me and said, all the blocks? Should we do our whole street? What it, <laughs> which part of the block I said why don't you do the whole street because honestly it's one long road and and then the big question it was this shocking this is shocking mm -hmm. who's gonna manage it I'm like no nobody manages a block party <laughs> you, you, no management Somebody over there wants to play like a hip hop song, somebody down there. It's a block party. Aren't you all doing your resilience block party here? Yes, <laughs> we are. Because I can tell you, the music I play is going to be different from the music you play and different from the music that Mary plays. Uh, and you're going to learn something new. Mary is getting me on Arlo Gunthry. <laughs> <laughs> That's one of my assignments to get ready for this is I got to listen to Arlo Guthrie and I'm, I might have to uh, have you listen to, I don't know, uh, some Mary J. Blige. Yeah. And uh, you know what I'm going to send you? I'm going to send you like uh, the video clip to the John Legend, Tata Prince video that we were in. Love one another. And you're going to be Mary J. is good to give her. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. We can always use some additional material. I'm <laughs> Look, I know we got to run. I just thank you so much. I'm really excited about this, but I'm telling you, Ar Arlo, I, I'm telling you, you get my, you get my crust busting award for that. That you get that from me. I would have given you Pink Floyd or something, but no, that's okay. Okay. I'm showing my age. Yeah, Arlo won't be on the conference. But I know. Can, the context. Yeah. Can, can you just tell folks one more time? How do they sign up? How do they find out about it? How do they get involved here? ResilientWomen'sConference.com. Did I get it right, Cheryl? You Resilient got it exactly women. right. Right. You you so can go to the go website. To go ahead. Facebook. Uh, website, Facebook, uh, there's a, a way that you can sign up and um, and participate. We'd be delighted to have you. And how do we find out about each of you? Let's get them over to your websites, your individual websites, if we could as well. Well, uh, I'm, go ahead. Go ahead, Cheryl. I'm thecherylgirl.com. 
and you'll find me doing interviews with celebrities and uh, just different pictures with different people and occasionally a useful thought <laughs> that I'll post. <laughs> or it might be a rant. We never know what's going to happen. <laughs> it depends on whether I'm on thrive or survive mode when I sit down in my typewriter. <laughs> okay, here you go. This is, I've just given you an acronym for that. It's called OUT. Occasionally out. useful thought. OUT. <laughs> Occasionally useful thought. Mary, how about you? Um, I coach a few people individually, and my my uh, website is called yippielifecoach.com, Y-I-P-P-E-E, lifecoach.com, and um, you can find me there. Um, got some new testimonials that are on the on the website, and, uh, and also a link to the conference. All right, we out now. We out? <laughs> we out now, everybody. Let's take a short break. Cheryl Girl, Mary Campbell. Please, everybody, check it out. This is all about resilience for all of us out there today. We'll be right back. Tune in to The Truth is Funny with Colette Stephan each Wednesday at 8 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Eastern on TransformationTalkRadio.com. This hit show will have you thinking outside the box and riding the wave of infinite potential. Join Colette on the Higher Self Network, inspiring listeners to shine their brilliance and ensure success while roaring with laughter as they recognize the humor of the giant cosmic joke. Visit TheTruthIsFunny.com. Are you one of the many women in the world who've carried the burdens of work and family with the added circumstance of the pandemic? You are not alone. Join Mary Rose Campbell with five other powerful women on Saturday, December 5th, starting at 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern, for the International Conference on Resilience for Women, as they share what they've learned to create power for themselves under any circumstance. Get your tickets now at resilientwomensconference.com. Stuck in a roundabout of dysfunction? Stop circling around difficult issues and find out what's been holding you back. Learn how to speak your truth to power with host Dr. Kathy O'Bear. Create real change with smart tools and smart strategies. No frills, no fluff, just life-changing conversations to help get you where you want to be. Extend your reach and become an agent for real change with Kathy O'Bear. For more information on Kathy and her work, please visit drkathyobear.com. That's drkathyobear.com. Tune in to the show, Heart Change Consciousness, with me, Dr. Trish DeRocher, as stories of inspired activism come to life. Listening to conversations with your favorite authors, change makers, and many more who practice inspired spiritual activism and transform vulnerabilities into sources of strength. Let's be inspired together through my show, Heart Change Consciousness on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Transition, simultaneously the most difficult and vital part of the human experience. Without change, how would we grow? Tune in to Grounding Into Your Radiance with Stacy Barber every second and fourth Thursday at 9 a.m. Pacific on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Step into your truth and allow the light into your life. For more information about Stacy and her services, visit StacyBarber.com. That's Stacy, S-T-A-C-I-E, Barber.com. It's time to get your life back on Burn Bright Today with Jennifer Marcinelli. Tune in each month on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Learn to move from the darkness of burning out to the light of burning bright. 
Jennifer is redefining stress and the energetic causes of burnout, shining a light on process to get your life back. For more information about Jennifer and her work, visit burnbrighttoday.com. Hey, everybody. Welcome. It's so great to have all of you tune us in and turn us on. You know, we were talking about resilience in the last show. And it's one thing to talk about resilience. It's another thing to live it day by day. I read a book recently, and I asked if Norman could join us here today, Norman McCombs, because when I read through his book, and then I started to look at the life of somebody so dedicated and committed to not just understanding the power of resilience, but understanding what it means to be that person that stands up, to be that person that moves forward, to be that person that could write about the most extraordinary journey, the most incredible and painful moments of a life, and come out on the other side as you watch him standing outside the East Wing of the White House before receiving the National Medal of Technology from President Obama. And so this is it. This is it. The question that he asks himself and the question that we all ask ask ourselves is, how did we come from the circumstances of birth steps in the White House to the president? How did we get from that place, our history, to moments that we reflect on and call extraordinary? But today, we're going to take you on a journey. We're going to take you on a journey that comes from a very heart open place. And yet it begins with a conversation about what it means to connect with our lineage, what it means to understand what depression really is, what it means to go through life and and just watch and lose those close to us. But this is more than any of that. Um, as, As Norman will quote, we are more than our bloodlines. It is so absolutely relevant and is fact. But beyond all that, this is somebody to listen to, to understand how to truly navigate in the times that we're in. Norman, it's so great to have you here. Welcome. Oh, thank you. Thanks for the kind words. Nice um, to see you again. Nice to see you again. I am even more aware of the journey and I'm more aware of your your journey and your ability to take this journey and put it out there a reason to be a reason to be is a novel you know but it is so brilliantly and visually beautiful and what I mean by that is it is for for people that read it they know that it is much more than some fiction. They know that there's something in here that is so heart-centered that it has to be more than whatever they think think it is. I want to talk about this novel. I want to talk about for a minute, you know, the heart opening that you had to get to this place to write this. What was the journey for you? What was it that called you to say, I need to share this with people? Well, I, from a young boy, I liked to write, but I got off into away from that and got into science and engineering, and that became my career path. 
always intending to go back to writing. I, I wrote a great deal of most you know, technical things over my life. And I got to a point where I thought maybe I'd start doing it. My, my dear wife, Grace, uh, contracted uh, Alzheimer's. Uh, and that, um, I wouldn't admit it. I spent years as a solo caregiver and uh, I felt that there had to be an answer and I just kept searching, searching, searching. And when I found out, finally came to terms with it that it just wasn't going to happen. I went into deep depression and it was very, uh, so at that point it became hard. My reason to be during those first few years was grace. I, I gave up virtually everything. Mm. And when, um, when I finally, when I gave up hope, then it sent me into depression and I, I went, I got up every morning, I cared for her um, and I, I gradually saw her slip away from me. Um, I went into deeper and deeper depression, uh, and I, but I wouldn't ask for help. I didn't want to admit it. Um, finally, I couldn't function any longer, so I, I had to call for help and that was the worst day of my life that I had yeah. to give up and uh, get help from others. Yeah, it is and tough. Thank God, thank God for those others. Uh, they kept me alive. Yeah, I was just going to ask you about that because there are moments that we get to where we cross, right? There's a crossroads we get to where most of us that have been so independent in our lives, we've always been able to get through many things. You're highly successful out in the world. And the idea that you would be faced with something, a situation where you came to a crossroads and could not do it alone, that moment to ask for help, that had to be such a transformative moment for you. I could not, um, couldn't get out of bed one morning. I just couldn't, couldn't function. I'm uh, typically 230 pounds, six foot two. I was down under 180 pounds, wasn't eating. And I physically found myself unable to care for her. And so I had a call for help and I, I did. And thank goodness, I, a lot of people say it's in your lifetime, you're, you're thankful to accumulate, you know, one good friend. The cream came to the top. I had so many people surround me at that time it was, mm. and it saved me. Um, I wish I had, the advice I have for others is to ask for help early on. Yeah, you, uh, I, you and I, me. I just, I just, my, I was, I was arrogant. I felt that I could do it. I've been solving problems all my life, and this was another. And I wasn't willing to give up on it. And there's highs and lows of it. You read about this, you read about that. You try this, you try that, and you have hope. And it, um, after a while, I just couldn't. I gave up hope, and yeah. literally, you know, I gave Grace the name Hope in the book. And so it's appropriate because I finally had to I give her up, you know, yeah. to others. And uh, I uh, pretty much fell apart for a while. I'm not, I consider myself strong intellectually and physically, but emotionally, yeah. <laughs> not so much. Uh, to be able to handle it, I, um, I couldn't, I just 
fell apart and others had to help me and it, it, it made it humbled me mm -hmm. um, I'm I kept on thinking that somehow some I was missing something that there'd be something you know that's happening out there that I didn't know about some progress so I as a scientist I just dug 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 and tried 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 and uh, uh, just still very little progress made mm -hmm. with it and uh, you learn how to deal with it. You, you don't. You don't ask questions of people like that. You give them answers. You guide them. You hold them. You know, so make them feel secure. If you if you if you put yourself in their shoes, it's a little dangerous because they they are they're not feeling the same emotion as you. And if you treat them just in a, in a normal fashion asking them questions, trying to discuss things with them, it's, it doesn't work. Yeah. And you have to come to terms with that. Um, yeah. You know, um, but I, 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 was reading ahead, in your, I was reading in your book, and I just want to give people a sense of this. I went back, <clears throat> and you start, to, you start to share things. And I just want to just give people a sense of this. Because this is really the unspoken word when you take the journey, Norman, that you took. It's, it's this, she had always been so young and vibrant. How could so much change so quickly? How could everything they had together have simply slipped away into the ether? I mean, these are the questions that people have and rarely state. And you take us on this journey that not just asks those questions, but you share in what it's like to walk that walk. You know, to really say to folks, you know, what is this? How am I to be? You know, I'm a technological genius, but how am I to be? And I want to ask you, as you reflect on this, and especially in writing the novel, right? You know, when you reflect on it, what comes to mind as you look back now and you think, I want to share this with other people. I want them to know dot, dot, dot this. Um, I, uh, the writing of the book was something that I had intended to do for years because I read a lot about my ancestors. I was basically going to write about them. Uh, when I, when my life fell apart, um, I didn't think about that any longer. I just, my reason to be was grace. Um, and uh, to care for in every way possible, I give up, gave up everything that I, in my career. And um, so, sorry, I tried to. Um, I know this is tough. When I, when I lost her, it was, I, uh, I lost my reason to be. Yeah. That's what it had come down to. Yeah. I had friends, one in particular, that. Uh, reminded me about my desire to write eventually and he got me out and going and I got some help doing that and um, he got me interested uh, and one of the reasons that interested me was maybe there was something back there in my heritage that I could draw upon you know get some strength that others where did I come from I think we all have that especially as we get older where yeah. did we come from right yeah and uh, so that took my mind off things and I got help 
and as you read in a book, I had a particular person that that uh, helped me on the journey. So writing a book, I would say, for a certain to a certain degree, it was. Hang on just a minute. My, I'm having lady difficulty. Okay, thank you. Uh, I need a producer here. Yeah. <laughs> Don't worry. We could take we could take care of it on our end. One one that one that's not off painting their bedroom or something. <laughs> so, uh, so as I got into it, you know, I thought it was it, it was therapeutic. That came from others. You know, they said that more of this is going to be therapeutic for you to do this, distract you. Uh, but then I the real I wanted others to understand. You know, that that it was possible to come out of it, it was possible to, sur- to survive it, um, because for a long time I just didn't, I had no interest in surviving, none. Uh, so that, the, so the book pretty much consists of three parts. One is my survival. You know, it starts out with my Scottish heritage, and then uh, it's me coming alive again, awake awakening and getting into the search for about my ancestors. And along the way, one of my goals was to search for the meaning of love because along the way you hear this word used. So but between strangers, you know, you say, love you and love you. You know, they say, never say, I love you. You know, to me, that's important. It is very important. Okay. It is very important. And people throw that word around. And I, one of the things I, wanted to do and I attempted to do uh, from a scientist point of view is to sort of define love and what, what it, you know, true love, a true bond. And, and what is it? Are you willing to give your life up for someone? Yes. Okay. Um, is, is it, I didn't mean, I don't mean just emotionally, but physically to, to give yourself up. Uh, so that kind of love, I think is a form of energy second law of thermodynamics, you know, you, you can't destroy energy. I think of it as a form of energy. It never goes away. And so over the years, I've tried to suppress the memories because they make me, even the good memories depress me sometimes. So I've learned to deal with that. Yeah. Uh, not completely. I, I don't think you're, Pat, I don't think you're meant to forget it. You know, no, I, I don't think so. It's not moral to forget it. Those are things you're supposed to remember. The, People only live in your memory, right? How else? When uh, and so I wrote the book for therapeutic reasons, but I really wanted to get that message out that there's a you're able to survive it if you just keep going, keep active, ask for help. Uh, I never, I have never gone to a support group or anything like that, but I I believe that probably would be helpful. I'm sort of a Anne Rand kind of guy, you know, independent, um, thinking I can handle everything. But I ran into a a brick wall in this one. Mm. I tell, I mentor a lot of young people, and uh, I always tell them, you know, if you're running a black a stone wall, either knock it down or go around it. You know, and I like it's not possible in a situation like this. You no, can, it's not. Uh, you have to you absorb it. Yep. And hopefully your character can carry you on and uh you'll you'll survive it and and not take the easy way out but uh yeah in you know norman i'm not a drink i don't drink i don't take drugs (laughs) yeah right me either 
Um, And that really means that for me, when I think about this, you know, you're facing this heart to heart, mind to mind, love to love. And I want to just make sure everybody knows when, first of all, for those of you, the book that we're talking about, and certainly if you're on Facebook, you're going to see images of the cover as a reason to be, it is a novel, but it's much more than that. And I will say that, I mean, as reading this now several times, you are clearly immersed, not just in the landscape of things, but in the emotional ride of things. So when Norman talks to you about love has a way of surprising you, you don't just read it, you feel it. That's what's so beautiful about this. And if you want to find out more about Norman, you can go to Norman's website. Uh, You can go to normanmccombs.com. That's M-C-C-O-M-B-S.com. Norman, in, in reading this again, I know these interviews are so short, but I am struck by every aspect of the energy of love throughout the book. Whether you're talking to us, and I love the fact that you went back and looked at your ancestry. I love that. You know, it's a beautifully written book. But there is an energy and a thread of love in everything you wrote here. How did this experience crack open your heart? Uh, it, very difficult question. It was a very slow process. Um, you, it, you know, it's, it's a trite saying, but it's again, it's day by day uh, survival. You have to remember to drink. You have to remember to eat. You know, I had to remember to bathe. You just don't. Nothing. Everything becomes trivial, Pat. Yep. You know, I used to be highly claustrophobic, and. Uh, once I went through all this, I'm not claustrophobic anymore. That these neuroses that people have, I'm not belittling them, but in the end, they become trivial things when you're really faced with clinical depression, and you're faced with the loss of a loved one that you, you see, you know, leaving you slowly, day by day. So everything becomes trivial, um, and so I've changed in that regard. Um, it's. And I give that advice as often as I can. You know, that people don't worry about the trivial things in life. You know, sort them out. Um, get to the things that mean something, and that's typically other human beings that are in your life. Mm. If you if you if you truly love them, show that you love them. Not just use to throw the words at them, but show do things that make them happy. Don't people get in this habit of pushing the wrong buttons? You know that. Um, that they know it's going to, they know it's going to antagonize another human being, but push the right buttons, you know, don't, don't head in a direction of conflict. Oh, you know, be sensitive to the feelings of others. Um, and that goes not just in marriage, but in any relationship you know, to me, um, I was always a fast mover and, uh, I like to think always fair. But I was very goal-oriented, and, and Grace and I didn't have children, so it made life, well, I, re- I regret that deeply, it made life easier for, for us because we, we could do anything we wanted. We could go anywhere we wanted and take advantage of, of opportunities, not only for pleasure in travel, but also in business. Uh, so we were very, very deeply involved with one another. 
uh, but we're very different. She thought I should be, instead of wasting my time in science, I was supposed to be a writer and a sculptor. <laughs> I'll make money at that. It's, it's still hobbies of mine, but um, the writing part of it is a new thing for me. And I've, well, I've it doesn't seem it, new. It doesn't yeah. seem new. I mean, the way you've scripted this book, uh, this is beautiful. You know, Norman, one of the things was I came across a picture of you and Grace. Um, and it was at the Buffalo alum magazine. Right? Oh, University University of of yeah, I think the one you're referring to is on, uh, it's on YouTube. If people okay. want to just go to my, go to Norman Combs on YouTube, they'll see it. Mm -hmm. There's a, a bit they did about me for the White House. And in that, there's a, a photo of Grace and I standing sitting on the uh, bench. There's one. At there's, the, we're sitting on a bench, but and also. And you're kissing her hand. Yeah. That's yeah. the one I'm talking about. Yeah, because there are others. Uh, I did a sculpture of her. Mm -hmm. University of Buffalo. Mm -hmm. uh, they, they wanted to name a particular part of the property mm -hmm. uh, after me. And uh, mm -hmm. it was a, a plaza garden, big garden area that yeah. joined all of the engineering buildings. And I thought it'd be appropriate for it to be named after me. And uh, I, I don't like that. I don't like being a billboard. Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah. But I said, it's okay, but you can name it Grace Plaza. There you go. And they, a uh, little bit of conflict about that. So well, tell them to call things, me. But, but, yeah. they, but they allowed it, and uh, so it's called Grace Plaza. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and then I said, well, I want to have a bust of her there. And uh, so they finally allowed that to, to just usually just allow busts of uh old dead generals and all like, but there's a little, in Grace Plaza, there's a a bust of her, a beautiful piece of granite, uh, just her name on it and the, the words, uh, my love, my life, my inspiration, and that's it. Um, and mm. so that's, um, unfortunately right now I can't go back there. No, not, I know. Not that I really, I had I'm drawn by it because I love Western New York. I love the greenery. I'm in the desert right now. I don't know if I'll ever accommodate to this, but but I miss the springtime. I miss the fall in, in Western New York. And the um, first place I had when I when I go there is over to the University of Buffalo. Mm -hmm. So they uh, you be in metal a lot in my life, and and now I'm. I'm out in Henderson, in Nevada, and uh, I've become involved with the University of Nevada in Las Vegas, and mm -hmm. uh, they've they sort of absorbed me as part of their family, and I'm very grateful that too. It keeps me active with young people. I really love to mentor young people. I know. I'm with you on that. Norman, I can't thank you enough. I've posted this picture now because I really do believe that you represent every aspect of the energy of love. And I want to thank you for coming back for this follow-up interview. Thank you so much for today. And I've sent people over to your website to follow your journey, as well as Amazon to get the book. Thank you so much for coming back.